Welcome back to another edition of Clear the Dance Floor here on Radio Free Brooklyn with me, your host, Colby Smith, with you until the 5 o'clock hour, at which point our friends at Legendary Air will be in here, but we are in the Kolb zone until then, folks. Uh, Ryan Seawiz is here. Say hi, Ryan. Hello. Thank you for having me. And before we talk about our big talk today, we have a big talk coming. We've both done lots of research. We both have uh, uh, dusted off our our skills of dragging the YouTube video (laughs) to the exact right spot. Uh, I want to tell everyone that our number is 718-673-8201. If you'd like to call in at any point during the show, that's 718-673-8201. And we do have someone calling uh, our Edinburgh Fringe correspondent's going to be calling later. Uh, So uh, lots to look forward to there. But in the meantime, sup, bro? Hello. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. I'm enjoying this nice summer day. Yeah. And I'm excited to talk to you about who else? Bob Dylan. Yes. That's what Sunday's all about, baby. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, listening to Bob <laughs> and walking around in the heat. <laughs> now, you and I have this in common where we are men of a certain age. Mm. <laughs> that age being kind of young. <laughs> Despite all of this you know, decades of media that's available to us, uh, uh, lots of great art being made by our peers. Uh, we just, we find ourselves coming back to an 81 year old man. <laughs> Make him older, the older, <laughs> <Yeah>. the better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, cause you have this, I, I, I know from watching your Instagram stories, uh, you have the same disease that I do where it's just like that generation of people is just so, uh, it's just endlessly compelling. Is that the, fair to yeah. say? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think also a big thing is like, I do like when there's like, I like big bodies of work yeah. that I can kind of that like, and also like when there's a big body of work, for someone who's been around for a while, it's kind of easier to find mm-hmm. entry points and like look up things and see what other people have to say. Totally. Um, yeah. And in terms of like the investment too, you know, I have this with like, uh, you know, like you hear like songs from bands or whatever that you like all the time. And I'm like, oh, it's just like their only album. You yeah. Know? It's like, I'm rooting for you guys. Like, call me when you got six of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bob's got 40 and uh, an unlimited supply of bootlegs. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like I do. I don't know if you have this, but I do. I will occasionally, even though this is like my favorite guy and we mm. talk about him. We, we've talked about him like every week for like months now <laughs> in some fashion. Uh I do occasionally have this feeling of like guilt when I put on like, oh, I'm just going to listen to a show from 2001. You know, it's just like I'm going to listen instead of like, you know, exploring music. I'm going to listen to this one guy play for two hours songs I know, but he's going to do them slightly different. That's well, that's I feel like a lot of people don't like when people go to concerts, they want to hear the songs like played like they are on the album. Yeah. And that's that's not what you get with Bobby. Not no, no, no sir. No. But I, I think that's also I was thinking about this. Um, and I think he's just he's a much more lyrical mm-hmm. songwriter or singer songwriter than like I feel like uh, other bands or musicians might base a song around like um, uh, like a bridge or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Whereas look. like it seems it's more like and you hear this if you listen to those bootleg series, but um, like it's like he tries to fit the words into the melody like yes. that's he's the words are coming first yes. it seems like yeah there's a moment uh uh that we'll talk about later on where that is a good there's a good example of that <laughs> coming up later in the show but how did you uh uh how did you get into bob is this like a is this a, a lifelong passion is it a recent thing it's been it's been since i was a 
about a freshman in high school, I think. That so counts since, as lifelong. Yeah, yeah, it's about like 2009. So we're going on, uh, what's that, like 15 years now, 14 years? Yeah. Life begins at 14, yeah. if you ask me. <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, um, I got I got very, I remember one time somebody on the bus was like, checked it. Like, this, it sounds fake because it was all stuff, <laughs> but it was like, it was like 2008, 2009. And um, somebody on the bus was like, check this out. Yeah, he, yeah. But he gives me, uh, one of his earbuds, one of his filthy earbuds <laughs> yes. from his iPod shuffle, whatever. Yeah, it's like covered in his earwax. Yeah, like, <laughs> stick that right in, mix it around. Um, and then it, yeah, he played, he played like a Rolling Stone, and I was like, whoa! I heard of this Bob guy, but I didn't know he rocks. Oh, I know, I know. I I had a very similar thing with that song where I was just like, oh, this is like good, yeah, because you know? <laughs> I knew like the acoustic stuff, and it's like I was not ready for that. I think as a teenager. But that song in particular, I was like, oh, he's got like a band. This yeah. is like a cool organ sound. Like he's mad in it. He's so like <laughs> he's such a little dick in the song in a way that I responded to. Yeah, he does have that that sneering voice on yeah. that. You're yeah. Like, huh? How does it feel? Yeah. There are, I do think you could make a case that some of Bob Dylan's best songs are summed up as I'm going to tell you all the different ways you suck shit. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, you got positively fourth street. The other one I'm That's thinking a, of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we'll get some of those later in the show as well, folks. Those are on the way. Uh, those, the Bob Dylan, the angry Bob songs uh, are coming. But yeah, I, it was it was high school for me as well. It was like a, uh, um, you know, we had like a, we had like a table in art class in my homeroom, my sophomore year of high school, where it's just like people would just like pass albums out, which like I really feel like the high school classic rock phase is like a very special time in yeah. a in a young white man's oh, life. Of course. Where it's like you have no context for any of the uh, any of this music, like any of these bands. And it's just like like I remember one uh, uh, like car trip I was on with like friends from this class where it was like the albums that were played were Highway 61 Revisited. Kansas's greatest hits <laughs> and like uh uh whatever the first Counting Crows album is with like Mr. Jones on it. And that was like it was like all the same to us. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like like you have no idea like when stuff is like how it's related to each other, when it came out, like what the what the story was at the time. You're all just like, what what am I? Like yeah. what does this mean to me? <laughs> there definitely I do think that there's a period where every uh of our of our general, I don't know if this is still true now, but like middle schoolish, every white boy had some sort of Beatles T shirt. Oh yeah, that was yeah. you. You got that was a uniform. Yes. That yeah, I had a few. Yeah, I mean, I remember on a similar note. Speaking of like the T shirt genre, it's like the section of J C Penney in the local mall had the like classic rock T shirt section that was like the Dark Side of the Moon cover. There was some Rolling Stones, probably with like the lips. Yeah, the like, tongue. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. yeah, something something no child should be wearing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I still see. I don't know about you, but I feel like the two band T-shirts I see most often in Brooklyn in 2023 are like Rolling Stones and the Grateful Dead. Yeah, I see a lot of Grateful Dead. I All think, over. Yeah, that permeates. That That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> They have this reach that I just like I would never have guessed in a million years. Yeah, no, you wouldn't think. I think I with like Rolling Stones I think is a good comparison to uh Bob Dylan because I they're like 
their new or like when I see Mick Jagger performing now, mm-hmm. there's something embarrassing to me about watching him gyrate the same way he did yes. when he was like 20 and now he's like 70 years yeah, old, yeah. wearing the same like leather pants, and yeah, stuff like that, yeah, yeah. If you but now Bob Dylan, on the other hand, he dresses modestly. He dresses <laughs> like he's a Civil War general. <laughs> <laughs> He's so fucking crazy. He's like he's wearing these like bolo ties yeah. half the time, or, like, or it'll be like some kind of western shirt that's like unbuttoned way yeah. too much under a blazer. That's he has a similar thing with Bruce Springsteen, where like they reached a certain age and kind of became southern yes. all of a sudden. Oh yeah, what is that? I don't know. I guess like I don't know. Maybe it's it's. Maybe you're a, a rock star at a certain point. You've rode enough horses. You're like, this is me now. Yeah, this yeah, is- yeah. Yeah, they, they both have ranches. Yeah. Right? Bob Dylan has his, like, Malibu compound <laughs> where uh, he, like, has horses. And I'm pretty sure Bruce Springsteen in New Jersey, like, has horses on the thing. Because his daughter uh, yeah. is, like, a, a like Olympic equestrian rider or something. <laughs> I did not like, know that. <laughs> there's-, I, there's a chapter in his book, Bruce Springsteen's book, about his horses getting out. Um, oh and like him <laughs> having to get corral him back in. <laughs> He's crazy. Yeah, yeah, they're all, yeah, they're all, they're all, they're all off yeah, their yeah. damn rockers. Did you are are you like a, a Bruce fan to the point where you like saw any of the shows on the recent? Uh, I tour? I I am a big Bruce fan as well. I did I didn't see anything on the most recent tour. I um, uh, but I did see him. I saw him when he did that river tour, uh, like in 2016. Same, yeah. Yeah. That and that really was cool. big stadium. So I felt like I, I, I felt happy about that. And then I also, um, I was able to get Broadway tickets. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That and I got them, I got them for like, I remember I got them for like the normal, I got like the cheapest ones you could get. And yeah, they were yeah. still like, there's a, like, there's like 75 bucks, but. Um, I remember somebody in the row being like, I paid $300. For these. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and now he's charging uh, that much. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Well, that's he needs awesome, it. He isn't needs it. it. That's, <laughs> it's so cool that he did that. <laughs> Good for him. Well, you know, he's, he's buddies with Obama now. <laughs> he's getting the, the Wall Street mindset, I oh, suppose. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I also saw those uh, the uh, I guess it was at MetLife Stadium in 2016 those like river tour mm. uh, shows and uh, uh, I went again in in Brooklyn this year and it wasn't as good as that. So uh, uh, where did he play in Brooklyn? At Barclays Center, but only one night. Okay, uh, so it was it was a situation where we were like way up in the rafters. Uh, yeah, uh, and it just it wasn't as like spontaneous, you know. Yeah, did he just play? Well, I I actually didn't look at that tour that much. Was he playing like? Was he just kind of kind of hit doing the hits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of a huge bummer. TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does that for the River Tour. He was like, um, like it, it was it was the entire album. But then he yeah. did like he just did all the hits after yeah, yeah. it too. Yeah, the yeah, wild. Yeah. The show I saw was it was like the whole album, and then, uh, but we got some cool like New York City Serenade was played at that show. Uh-huh. I was like, this is so sick. <laughs> like it was it was it was rad but hey this is a different guy yeah it's no it's a guy, different old guy different old guy but see here's this is what i'm saying it's like this is who i think about when i'm like oh let's throw some music on it's just like what ancient man yeah like, and <laughs> what decrepit old man <laughs> can i torture everybody yeah with? <laughs> 
But Bruce even like he doesn't sound as old as uh uh Bob Dylan sounds. Uh, no, Bob certainly sounds like yeah, you, yeah. he's he's eighty and he sounds. <laughs> and I don't I mean that I love I think he sounds fantastic. Yeah. But he, he, he that's an eighty year old man. Well, let's <laughs> let's jump into our 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 work here. So uh, you and I have put together we've picked five each, uh, and there there is a little bit of overlap, uh, which I I'm happy to see of the five or the ten or the eight or whatever weirdest Bob Dylan lyrics. And a lot of these are from the recent albums, which I will say is the period I think that means the most to me just because it's like happening when I'm around to be excited about it. Yeah. And we're starting with a song that was on both of our lists with a line that was on both of our lists, which is uh, this one from Trying to Get to Heaven from, uh, no, 1997's Time Out of Mind. So let's just hear the line and then we could talk about it. What can you say about this? <laughs> I've been to Sugar Town and I shook the sugar down. You know, it, it is also wild. Like this album and the song are like two of his most emotionally devastating. <laughs> like that, it's like, what does that mean? I like, I was, there, I was kind of racking my brain trying to figure out what. <laughs> what, which I, which is, I guess, kind of pointless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with his lyrics, but like the closest thing I can think of is something about he's he's done with uh sweetness and saccharin. Yes, yes. Um, I I love that you brought up the context of the larger song, which is, I mean, devastating is the perfect word for what so many of the songs on this album are. This song is like. He's, it's like he sees the door closing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like there is so much imagery of just like, I don't know if I got it. I don't know <laughs> if I can complete the journey. My body is hurt. My friends have abandoned me. <laughs> My brain is fried. And then the last line of the song is, I've been to Sugar Town. <laughs> what? It's, it also comes off as this like weird brag. Yeah, he is, he is. It, it it does sound like he's proud of it. He's yes. proud of it. He's like you see that sugar, that's that it's down because of me. Shook it right down. Yeah, <laughs> I did do a little bit of trolling online for what this and others could possibly mean, and I saw some reference to people think it's about LSD. Oh, I saw this too, and yeah. I, I I I did not really understand where the <laughs> yeah. connection was. But. There's some story about like. There was one night at some club where they were like injecting LSD into these sugar cubes and people were like taking it that way, which I guess is like a common enough thing. I, I wouldn't know anything yeah. about that. Uh, but I would just I, I have a hard time <laughs> feeling like that's the move here. Yeah, it doesn't. It also like it, it seems like an LSD reference. I don't think is like out of I don't think that's that's crazy for Bob Dylan, but in yeah. this on that this specific song on that album, like it, it's not, it's uh, I feel like that's not his poison of choice. Yes, yeah. this, yeah. for this uh, <laughs> the more... pre the previous verse is you broke a heart that loved you. Now you can seal up the book and not write anymore. I've been walking that lonesome valley trying to get to heaven before they close the door. <laughs> it's the saddest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's, it's so brutal. <laughs> This whole album, I, I, I feel like this, uh, I don't remember the specifics exactly, but I think the story with this one was like he'd had some kind of crazy health scare uh, I, yeah. in the years leading up to it. I think there was like, I think it was something he like had just had a heart attack, but then it was like one of those things where he later was like, no, the heart attack came after. But then it was like a thing where like, 
Or like with Blood on the Tracks where he's like, no, that's not about my divorce, even <laughs> though my marriage was failing at the time. Yes. It's about a metaphorical divorce. Yeah. <laughs> or he said that way. He's like, it's Chekhov's short stories. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. Cool, man. Well, look, whatever you got to do. <laughs> There was a I because I went to and I've talked about this on the show before. I went to the center in Tulsa earlier this year. Oh this yeah, this was like my the one thing I've Pilgrimage. done for myself in my entire life was go for this go to this thing. And you, it, it was like you see like his handwritten lyrics in this like little notebook of like tangled up in blue and stuff. And I was like, oh, it's like so overcome. But then part of the cool thing is like they give you these like little iPods that you can like punch numbers into as you go around the exhibit and then like hear. Uh, um, like live performances or like clips from the uh, radio interview. And uh, um, the one, the the interview, he's like talking to this woman and she's like, yeah, the, uh, the blood on the tracks album, people seem to love it. And he goes, yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> like people say they love it. There's a lot of pain on this album. <laughs> <laughs> that does like, <laughs> that is a wild thing to say. I can see like, <laughs> I could see like him being like, you know, it was like exposed a lot in there, but also like you did sell the album. Yeah, that was, exactly. uh, that's, uh, <laughs> now, I think we got a we got a caller on the line here. Caller, are, are you there? Hello, Coldifer. Hey, hey. Yes, it's great to talk to you. Hey, it's, who? Your, it's your buddy Art PepsiCo calling from the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Art? Reporting live on the ground. Oh, yes. Okay, great, great. I knew you were going to be calling in. This is so exciting. Uh, so so for people who don't know, and we, we can interrupt the list here for a second. Uh, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival is going on right now. Uh, a lot of people, you know, it's it's a very, it's a world-famous festival. A lot of people go for, you know, the theater and the comedy performances. A lot of folks that we know from, you know, the New York comedy scene have taken shows over there to perform all month. And uh, Art, you're, you're one of those guys, right? Yes, yes. I am one of those fabled few who, who put together a one-man show, took it across the great ocean, and have been entertaining the masses with it for uh, a week or so already. But the whole month of August, we're here wow. having fun, networking, and, and just having the, the best time. The nice. best time. Well, well, tell us about your show. What's, uh, uh, is, it like, is it funny? Is it confessional? Uh, uh, tell me a little bit about it. I mean, I, when, I was, when I was told about the Edinburgh Fringe, I was trying to think of... Um, you know, like a, a personal trauma that had happened to me, something that was, was tough, like a struggle. I wanted a hero's journey, sure. so to speak. Sure. And, and so my, um, my show is called uh, My First, parentheses, and last, question mark, parentheses, haircut. And it is about the, my first and last uh. haircut uh, that was incredibly, incredibly... Um, Overwhelming experience, Goldie. I don't know if you're familiar with this. With haircuts, uh, these haircuts that people do. Uh, but it was it was not for me, and I I explain the whole story uh, through through theater. Okay, so, uh, people are loving it. They're loving. Okay, cool. Because I I have to say, Art. I mean, when you said that the show was about your, it's called my first and last haircut. Yes. Am I to assume that you have not gotten a haircut since you were like five years old? Well. Haircut is such a primitive, lower class word for uh, something that should take all day, right? My oh, family, excuse me, sorry. Um, generally, you know, you start the day out with a soak, some sort of a salt bath, a massage of some sort, and just kind of throughout the hours that you are cleaning yourself, someone is slowly, you know, <laughs> snipping, snipping away. So at the time, 
the, the day is through and you're sitting down for evening meal, uh, you are a refreshed new person. Wait, and, Art. Right. Art. But I, Where yeah, did you grow up? Yeah. Where is it that you're used to um, this happening? I'm, you know, I, it's just what my family does. The PepsiCo family uh, has, has always lived like this as far as I could tell. I mean, this is what my friends do as well. I, I didn't even know about it. So I found out that, that um, uh, uh, the, the gentry class, the poor people, uh, originally my class, my, my show was called My First and Last Question Mark Parentheses Haircut by a Poor Person. Uh, and my manager suggested I take that out. But yeah. there are people, Colby, people who will go to just a place uh-huh. and they'll spend a measly $60, $70 on a, on a haircut. Colby, they go in, they uh, uh, sit down in a chair. Yeah. A man cuts their hair off of their head using scissors and combs and then... They exchange paper currency, and they leave. And that was it. And I thought, I must try this. I must experience this for once. And I will tell you, Colby, my experience, they took something from me that I will never be able to get back. And that is the, the, the spirit of the show, the energy I'm putting in. Oh, my God. Okay, so so if could I just recap, Art, here and say that you had a – you've been uh, – your family has been cutting your hair in some kind of all-day ceremony for your entire life, and then you went to, like, a hair cuttery, you know, a barbershop even, expecting that, and instead they just had you in and out in, like, 20 minutes, and that was, like, that's the trauma that your Edinburgh show is about? Exactly. What so you're familiar are... with this, right? You know that there are people out there getting haircuts on the street, like, and then they just go about their lives. I don't know what they do. It's crazy. I don't know. They just go back to whatever they were doing. Well, whatever. Well, I don't know what they were doing. That's the whole point. I don't know what they were doing, but I know what I did. I cried. I cried for hours in the car home and, and it was traumatic. (laughs) You cried because um, you felt deprived of like a spa day. A spa. (laughs) You're making me sound like a pampered fool. All right. Uh, the family, uh, we, we uh, have been very successful in our lives, and you know success is always earned, uh, and so we treat ourselves accordingly. I do know that, um, yeah. And I, you know, I, I will say, uh, as the heir to PepsiCo, I never really thought much about uh, theater, uh, but I was, I was sitting down for a nice lunch uh, with, my, with my friend Jack Quaid, uh, a self-made man if I've ever met one. Jack and Quaid? I, and he was telling me about his TV show, The Boys, uh, and his and his new role in Oppenheimer, right? Where I said, "What are you playing in Oppenheimer?" Jack said, uh, "A scientist," Einstein. and we we laughed and laughed and laughed. And oh. uh, so I finally said, "Jack, anyone can do what you do, Jack. Anyone. Why not me? All right." And Jack sure. said, "Why not you?" And Dakota Johnson, who was sitting at the table next to us, uh, leaned over. She had overheard our conversation. She said, "You should try the Edinburgh Fringe." festival i said what is yeah. that she said i did a a one-woman show at the fringe and it was how i got discovered I, I worked on my craft i put a bunch of energy into it i went across the great ocean and during my show there was a producer in the crowd and afterwards he came up to me and i asked him producer what did you think of my show and the producer said huh. i think i would love to see someone tease your nipples with a riding crop oh my and God. bam 50 shades of gray straight 
the fringe, Dakota Johnson, a nobody, a nothing, a speck on the earth, oh my God. shot up and became a rising star. I so, had no uh, idea. <laughs> I had no idea that was her rise. I thought she was just, you know, Don Johnson's daughter. I didn't realize she she slogged it oh, out in a fringe festival like that. <laughs> yes, she is uh, doing very well now, and she encouraged me to do it. She, she encouraged is. me to do it. Well, uh, that, so I thought, what the heck? Let's do it. Let's that's go gra- for it. That, that's great. Uh, so, okay. Well, so you you were not a performer at all. You just uh, you you just decided that you wanted to do this, and you did it. And I mean, I guess it makes sense that you're from a very wealthy family. I mean, I hear that this is a very expensive undertaking. I wouldn't say wealthy. I'd say we're doing well. Okay, um, all upper right. middle class for sure. Okay. So the, the the and and the PepsiCo family. Remember, we know sodas, but we don't know theater. It's not what we do. We don't. We're not performers. You know, we're not. We're not clowns. So I had no no connections to the theater world other than uh, the people that my family uh, knew in the industry through sure. years of being in the same circle. So I I was a newbie. I had no experience, no access to this world, and so I thought I would take a leap. I would I would take off work for a month, and I would head to the Edinburgh festival and uh, seek my fortune there and i'll oh tell you it's God. been a wild ride so far well you were mentioning that people are loving the show i mean you know it, one of the hallmarks of the edinburgh festival is all the reviews that come out you know kind of daily have you, have you been getting good notices art i've gotten many texts from kendall jenner uh when paltrow has swung by maude apatow they have been enjoying what i put out there i they said they wow. couldn't make it to the festival but that they are loving Loving my work. Wow, Maud Apatow. Uh, yes, Maud Apatow. A <laughs> good friend, Maud Apatow. Really? Really? Very close. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, man. In a creepy way, in a creepy, way, in a creepy extent. Gotcha. Well, you, okay, well, I, I don't know if I want to hear about that. Yes. Well, have you said you've been networking also. Have you made any new, uh, you know, connections? You're there among your fellow, you know, writer-performers. Yes, yes. I met two of the three members of Please Don't Destroy, which is an e-comedy group. Uh, they said the third one couldn't make it because he had to work. And it's like, yes, listen, we all took off work to be here. Mm-hmm. It was a major sacrifice for all of us. So I don't understand. I don't understand what he's talking about. Wow. Right. So um, and then so we had a good time. Uh, Maya Hawk was there. Lily Collins. I mean, just. Um, <laughs> just rubbing elbows with just the hey, who's who. Of, these I have to say, theater. Art. I, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but it seems like a lot of young, hot people are really interested in your show. Yeah, I'm young and hot too. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to insult you. I don't know if it comes across over the phone, but I am young and hot. <laughs> And they love it. They can't get enough of me. I guess so. Well, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to keep you on the phone forever because, you know, you, I, I imagine you're paying a fortune for this. Uh, this, this. Crop. Oh, I have so much time. <laughs> okay. Well, I wondered if, you know, <laughs> if you could give us, you know, because a lot of our listeners are not in Scotland and they might want to see, you know, your show about being disappointed at what a haircut is themselves. Yeah, yeah. Is there a taste of that you can give us here? What taste? Of the show, of your show. Sure. Well, I mean, I pretty much explained what it what it was already, um, and I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess I could I could do a taste. I could okay. do a little taste. Okay. All right. It was a busy day. I woke up, as I always do, and headed to work. I made a smoothie, stepped out the door to hot yoga, 
After hot yoga, I went back to my apartment. I made myself another smoothie, had a quick soak. I found a dog to walk for a little while, and when I was tired of that, I headed back inside. I thought, time to watch a film, a good film, a movie. I tried to put on Trading Day. It was Barbershop. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. Did you say that you found yourself a dog to walk? Yes. Yes. You know how... It's uh, not your dog? You know how your family... No, you know how your family just has dogs that are kept away, and just when you want to use one, you can? No. I don't know so that. So that's what I did. What do you mean that's not what you did? That's not, No, no, we, we didn't have, we don't have pets in my family. Well, I'm pretty sure uh, your father, Will Smith, has dogs that aren't around that My much. father, Will Smith, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Yes. How's Jaden doing? I, you know, we, we, he's not really, I'm not really related to them. What? To Will Smith, like, I'm not related to Will Smith. I thought you were, you were a member of the Smith dynasty. No, no, it's a really common last name. A lot of people make that mistake, but it's, no, I'm, I'm kind of making my own way here. Oh, so this is like a waste of my time then. Well, I don't think so. We have a lot of people who listen to the show. Okay. As as many as who watched Emancipation on Apple TV? Probably less. Less than Emancipation. Probably. So this really is nothing. Pro- <laughs> probably. I don't really okay, know for well, sure. Um, <laughs> there's no way to know for sure. No. It, it just hasn't seemed well. They so, keep it a secret. Um, this is a real slap to the face that you're not related to Will Smith, like I must say. Um, so... Yes, yeah, so I, um, what do I, what do you want from me? What do I want from you? Yes. Uh, a discount code to your show I can offer my listeners? Oh, yes, yes. Just walk in, there's plenty of seats, <laughs> they aren't even charging anything. You can just go whenever you feel like it, and I would, I mean, I would love it. I'm performing, you know, every night, three times. So just feel free to come in. Oh, my and God. if you want to, you have a question for me. You can come in. You can ask it whenever. It's a very loose performance. Sure, um, it's sure. more of an immersive experience with me uh, <laughs> than anything. And I and I regale you with my tale of, <laughs> of haircutting. Okay, which I mean it sounds ridiculous. Uh, you know the great thing about this is I've overcome my trauma of the haircut, and I can finally I can finally see the humor in it. Oh, good. that's good. That's um, good. Well, Art Pepsi Cola, yeah. thanks so much for calling. It was it's a, a pleasure to hear how well the festival's going. I'd love to come someday. That would be great. Um, yes, uh, thank you, uh, Colby uh, Smith. Is it? Is mm-hmm. it really? It's not. It's Smith. really Smith. It's so a whatever really your last common name last is, name. It was, it was, it was fun being here, and uh, good luck to your um, school project or whatever. It's not whatever. It's for. Okay, thank you. All Art. right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> wow, a really harsh dial tone there at the end. Yeah. Wow. He <laughs> has some good lessons in there, though. Yeah, I- I'd love to take a show to the fringe one day. <laughs> it sounds. <laughs> have you gotten a haircut? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds easy. It sounds like you just show up and then you're hanging out with Mod Apatow. <laughs> Rubbing elbows with the elite, yeah. <laughs> if you're just joining us, this is Clear the Dance Floor here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Our number is 718-673-8201. Uh, I'm Colby Smith here with Ryan Seawiz, and we're talking Bob Dylan, of course. Who so else? Play another song. 
yeah. of our weirdest Dylan lyrics countdown. This is, I love that you picked this next one, by the way. Uh, this is a Traveling Wilburys track, uh, uh, which I feel like weirdly underrated, <laughs> despite being like the super group to end all super groups. Yeah. You know that, what I mean? Yeah, that uh, that first album is really good. It's great. Um, yeah, there's I, apparently there's a story um, at one point when they were like uh, rehearsing. George Harrison got up to go to the bathroom, and Bob Dylan leaned over to Tom Petty and said, "You know, he was in the Beatles." <laughs> <laughs> He's a funny guy. Funny guy. That's really funny. He rocks. All right, <laughs> let's let's hear this line from Dirty World. He's being dirty. Do you want to talk about this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's I, I I I the whole song also is like filled with like double entendres that aren't like yeah like don't have a one-to-one like what it, like it doesn't mean anything other than it just seems filthy it just feels it's, bad yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> like it i mean i mean it's hard it, it i don't know exactly what he's saying there but to me it certainly has something to do with anal sex yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is it her pickup truck? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I don't understand. What is the equipment that he's driving exactly? <laughs> what is the pickup like, truck the me- a metaphor for? I feel like it would it would be more straightforwardly dirty if it was his pickup truck yeah. he's driving. <laughs> it's yeah. But it's her pickup truck. It makes it worse. It definitely yes. makes it worse. It sounds even worse somehow. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, this is a, this is a great pick. I want to go right into this next one for you because I feel like the way I've structured these, this is kind of the dirty talk section <laughs> <laughs> of Dylan's lyrics uh, uh, on our show today. This is the song "Scarlet Town," okay? Which we should talk about Tempest, yeah? Because I, I think you could make the argument that Tempest from 2012 is his most deranged album. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> The lyric, first of all, his voice could not sound more haggard on this. Uh, (laughs) He then, after this album, put out like four albums worth of material that was just like singing standards. Yeah, it was it was three. It was three albums. And the last one was a triple album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like singing the great American songbook that I really think like healed his voice i i do yeah there's there's rumors that he got his vocal cords scraped oh really after after the tempest well uh, whatever he did i'm glad yeah (laughs) (laughs) because he sounds insane uh uh, let's 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 hit the track play walking the floor play it for my flat chested junkie First of all, Bob, that's no way to talk to a lady. <laughs> it's so so we should say too cuz we gave some context for the first song, you know, about how it's just this like devastating trip down and then by the time we get to Tempest, he he is operating on a level of like following the muse, you uh-huh. know. Where so many of these songs, it'll be like these couplets that have like nothing to do with each other. And like, that's a verse, right? 
this th- this whole album is just one fucked up image after yeah. another. Uh, this among the most fucked up <laughs> of them. There's there was so many. I was like, I was trying not to. I was trying to like separate the albums that I was picking from too. Yeah. And but like, there's so many you could pick from Tempest. There's like, oh my god. There's I was like another one I was thinking about was um, on Pay and Blood. That's coming up later. Baby. Oh okay. But you okay, say it. You say it. We'll okay. go. We'll go there. Okay. I was gonna. The word is like, I've got something in my pocket. Make your eyeballs exactly. swim. <laughs> It's, then it, but then he like moves on yeah to another, it's like what is it he's <laughs> i do feel like this the tempest album is like he is like it's the perspective is from some sort of uh of a, a, like you said a deranged man it's like <laughs> yeah. he's talking about like like from uh i don't know right right from the start it's it's it doesn't it it's like some sort of scary character bob oh, yeah. is playing yes he it's so many of the of the lines are like physical threats yeah. also he's like I think it's also in pain and blood where he's like I'm going to I'm going to wrap you up in a chain <laughs> yeah and this is like his voice too like this is also a thing when people say like um I think his voice is good now oh, yeah, but like it. that yeah, period yeah. there was a lot like oh, his voice sounds he sounds terrible but like yeah. It, that, like, like for what he's writing, it's where it he's like, totally right. works. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, like we should just play this this song that Pain and Blood that we're talking about because like there's stuff in it that I think is like so crazy. Uh, I just want to make sure I skip to the right uh, one because this is like my favorite verse in it. It's like about halfway through. Hold on one sec. Uh, and this does not need context because the entire song is like this. Another politician. Pumping out the piss Another ragged beggar Blowing you a kiss You've got the same eyes That your mother does If only you could prove Who your father was It's like we could go on Another politician pumping out the piss Another ragged beggar Blowing you a kiss This is the heaviest shit I've ever heard <laughs> Hey, it's like another politician. <laughs> it's that like wow. <laughs> That's like it does sound like he's purposefully trying to sing bad. Uh, yes. Like when you hear, and then because then the next album's like you said, he's like he's like um uh 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 how how lucky can one guy be? Or like <laughs> it's just like I don't know. <laughs> That's a great impression of the <laughs> voice he uses. At the- <laughs> yeah. He gets he goes like from like the most like violent, both it, lyrically and like sonically yeah. how he sounds yeah, yeah. to like this very like sweet, <laughs> <laughs> gentle. Yes, grandpa's crooning. Now. Yeah, totally. And singing all these like Frank Sinatra <laughs> songs about like that lucky old son. <laughs> <laughs> Could not be, could not be more insane. But there's one more from Tempest as we're talking about Tempest that I want to highlight here, which is the song "Narrow Way," uh, okay. which is just kind of it's like it's super long. It's like seven minutes long, and it's just kind of it's it's that same thing we we're talking about where it's just like one random thing after another. But in it, uh, he he goes from you know describing his flat chested junkie whore <laughs> on the Scarlet Town to describing a, a woman who is, I guess. Uh, on the opposite end of the uh, <laughs> spectrum in the following way. I got a heavy stacked woman with a smile on her face. 
cheers crown my soul with grace I'm still hurting from an arrow that pierced my chest I'm gonna have to take my head and bury it between your breasts <laughs> That's a great. I forgot about that one. That's a that's a perfect one. Uh, I got a heavy stacked woman is such a funny thing to brag about. Yeah, uh, just like my girlfriend's boobs are bigger than your. <laughs> and my head, you know, it's rested on those things. <laughs> can we just can we talk for a second about the way he says breasts at the end of this, where it's like. Hitting every consonant <laughs> so hard. I wonder what his present day sex life is like. If he's still, or if it's just kind of like wish fulfillment, or if yeah, this I is know. like. I, I think I could see it going either way. I, honestly, I would believe anything. Yeah, about, uh, about, <laughs> about uh, uh, at this point, uh, would believe truly anything. There is some story that I heard, uh, you know, I'm one of like the million podcasts I listen to where people like talk about their experiences with him. But it's like, it, I don't think it was even the person that was like there um, telling a story that somebody else told them that like in the 80s, they like went to his dressing room and they like knocked on the door. It was like someone he knew. He knew he was coming and he kind of like poked, just like leaned his head out the door and was like, oh, hey, man. And then he turned back in and went, pants. <laughs> 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 Damn, he really is the coolest guy. <laughs> Let's switch albums. All right. We're going to modern times. Mm. 2006, I believe. Yeah. This comes out. Uh, very different vibe than Tempest. Very kind of like smooth, kind of velvety production. The voice is okay. The voice is yeah, solid. Yeah, pretty, pretty good voice. Yeah. Uh, and it kicks off with the song Thunder on the Mountain, which is one that we both wanted to talk about today. Uh, and I think it would be helpful if we just kind of do a little walkthrough of various <laughs> moments in this song. The opening track. So let's just, we'll play the beginning of it because the opening, this is a great opening to an album. It it's really like is. little like electric overture, you know, there's like it's building up to something. Yeah. A lot of energy, too, yeah. at this point. It's like, all right, what are we going to get? What's coming? Got a nice little shuffle going. Thunder on the mountain and as far as the moon. The rug is in the alley and the sun will be as soon. Today's the day you're going to grab my trombone bloom. Well, it's hot stuff here and it's everywhere I go. Okay, we're starting off pretty good. Yeah. Pretty normal. Yeah. Like a good groove, you know. The thing about the trombone is kind of funny. It's kind yeah. of playful, you know. Look at that billion. immediately we get to... I was thinking about Lisa Keys. Couldn't keep him quiet, but she was born in his kitchen. I was living down the line. I'm wondering where in the world Lisa Keys could be. I've been looking for her even clear through Tennessee. Second verse is, I have a crush on Alicia. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm really serious about it. (laughs) Did she ever respond to that? Did she ever? Oh, great question. I don't know, but I do want to look it up. Yeah, that's something I. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Was that our phone? Hello, caller? Oh, that's the office phone. Nope. (laughs) Got excited. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. 
How Alicia Keys feels about Bob Dylan making a song about her on YouTube. Okay. How to open your car oh door my. when you... <laughs> I don't want that. No, sir. Alicia Keys tells Big Boy's Neighborhood how it makes her feel that Bob Dylan sings a song about her. Does she ever confront him, or will she? Dylan, even after he made the song about you it's six true. years ago, he made a That's song true. out of her life. How do you find out about that, first of all, the song that he made for you? Yeah, he he he, he put me in the line of one of his songs, and that was just crazy to mm. me. I didn't even believe it. I still don't believe it. Mm. And actually, we haven't met I, I found yeah. it from a friend. He was like, did you know that Bob Dylan wrote a song about you? I said, no, he didn't. Mm. No, he didn't. And he was like, yes, he did. So I didn't believe it for the longest. I finally heard it. Still can't believe it now. And um, yeah, just, I don't know. I guess we just never had the circumstance to meet. And it's and, probably uh, a situation where you heard oh a few times that you didn't know he said uh, it was you. I thought he said and Felicia. 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 <laughs> 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 and he keys. Man, man, man. It doesn't really sound like that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Like, girl, slow it down. Maybe he's crazy. waiting for you to return the favor. Like, <laughs> he's like, where's my name in your yeah. song? Right. But we didn't hear that. You know? <laughs> Bob Dylan. You know, yeah. That's right. That was just a comedy routine now. Yeah. That's her response. That was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure it was probably baffling, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird that he did that. Yeah. <laughs> but same song later, uh, we, we on our list that we shared, have two moments that happen back to back, which is great. So uh, we get skipped to those now. This is later in the save song. He's me and I'm some tough sons and bitches. I recruit my army from the orphanages. I've been to St. Herman's Church, said my religious vow. Here comes maybe my favorite line ever. I've sucked the milk out of a thousand cows. I've sucked the milk out of a thousand cows. <laughs> oh my God. I missed that. I, I don't think I ever thought about that because I've heard the song. I can't even tell you how many times. And I don't think that I've sucked the milk out of a thousand oh, cows. God. Another weird breath. Yeah, that is that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, similar to the other one, I, I typed this into Google uh, just to see what would come up. Just the words, I've sucked the milk out of a thousand cows. I was led to a site called the Narchive, which was like an early Reddit where people can just like, it was like, you know, just like forums where people would post. And there is a comment from 17 years ago talking about this song. The discussion title is just the line, I've sucked the milk out of a thousand <laughs> cows. And the guy writes, is this a hollow boast, I wonder? I imagine if you added up all the cups of coffee Dylan has drunk, each with a dash of milk or perhaps cream, it might well add up to, say, 72 cows. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Then he goes through all this math about, like, how many cows you could say you suck the milk out of. And he goes at the bottom, he goes, if you add up all the cows, I have estimated Bob sucked the milk out of, it only still comes to about 138.5 cows. So what about the other 861.5 cows he's supposed to have drained? (laughs) I am sure, I'm going to give this guy the benefit of the doubt and say he is being funny with this, but boy, is it, is a fine line of like, there are definitely fans out there who are like, a thousand cows. Can he prove it? (laughs) I thought when you, when you were pulling up a comment, I thought it was going to be someone being like, well, this is obviously uh, an allusion to uh, the Odyssey. Yes, yes. 
<laughs> yes, the episode where Odysseus uh, has to suck a cow. <laughs> so then, very next line in the song is one that you highlighted, which is... Another weird drag. I got the pork chop. She got the pie. (laughs) That's like that one. Also, like maybe not sexual, but uh, something about it tells me something feels dirty. Something feels very dirty. Oh, awful. That's like (laughs) the. Um, I feel like that that line was a um sort of a companion to a country pie. Yeah, uh, yes. Nashville skyline, where that's uh, rumored to be about cunnilingus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a use a uh, weird voice on that too. Oh goes, yeah, oh me oh my, yeah. <laughs> love that country pie. <laughs> that is also like oh my God. this is that that's I I I don't want to um uh if we don't have time for this, but like that what he that voice on Nashville skyline oh my God. is in and the, he's like. Well, I sounded like that because I stopped smoking cigarettes. Yes. <laughs> like, no, you did not. You were putting it on. Yeah. It's not like you started sounding like that. You're like, like, <laughs> you stopped smoking cigarettes. You just start sounding like Kermit the Frog. That's how yes. it goes. Oh, me or my. <laughs> the un- he- and he doesn't really sound like that on Lay Lady Lay. Yeah, he's a, he has a little bit of that where, but like, it is like, it's just like a different voice. He just has so many different voices. It's like a different yeah. voice on every album. Yeah. I want to bring up uh, just so uh, for comparison here, the the tonight I'll be staying here with you from like the Rolling Thunder is like the greatest thing I've ever heard. But then yeah. I like went back on the album and it just sounds like so like dopey. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. All right, little, little intro here. the window <laughs> it's easy listening baby. it sure is throw my ticket out the window <laughs> <laughs> all right we got two more we got two more then we're out of here one for you one for me all right i contain multitudes i'm so glad that you brought up because <laughs> i i i just i first of all i want to say I think Rough and Rowdy Ways is one of the greatest albums I've ever heard. Yeah. I, I think it's his best one, maybe since Love and Theft, maybe longer. Uh, and I listen to it all the time. I yeah. love it so much. This first song, I Contain Multitudes, that idea is like a little goofy. Uh, but he does he brings it off in this amazing way, and it includes so many insane lines, including this one. I'm just like Aunt Frank. Like Indiana Jones. And them British bad boys, the Rolling Stones. I'm just like Anne Frank, like Indiana Jones, like the British bad boys, Rolling Stones. Now, I hear this and I think, well, how, Bob? <laughs> yeah. Are you going to explain why? <laughs> no. Elaborate on that. No. <laughs> and then the next line is just. I go right to the edge. <laughs> I go right to the edge. Well, all those... I go right where all things lost are made good again. That's what they all, all three <laughs> of them they, did. They're all known for going right to the edge. <laughs> <laughs> the Anne Frank one did like when I first heard it, it kind of startled me. Yes. But I was also like, I, I was like, you know, I'm not Jewish. Not my place to say whether that's yeah. okay for Bob to say. <laughs> I, that's, 
I, I, can't, I can't weigh in on that. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. It's like two pop cultural things and then Anne Frank. He does. There, uh, there's another sort of similar one on that album where he's like, um, he's like who carved the path for Martin Luther King. Yeah. Who yeah, carved yeah. the path for Presley to sing. Yeah. And it's like, it, it like it's just like two like very like, oh, wow. That, those are. <laughs> so that's that's it's not uh, the same, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one as we wrap up here. Uh, this is from Love and Theft. This is the song. This is the last like little bit of the song. Poor boy, and uh, he manages to fit in a little joke right here at the end. Knocking on the door, I say, "Who's it? Where you from?" Man said, "Freddy." I said, "Freddy." Who? He said, "Freddy." You're not here. I come. <laughs> <laughs> This, this this song is this song's so good. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's like there's all these like knock knock jokes in it too, where he's like he's like, by the way, what happened to that poison one? She said, I gave it to you, you drank yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly right before this joke yeah. happens. It's like but, someone is, has been poisoned and then there's a knock knock joke. <laughs> I think a lot of these might I think a lot of them are like Marx Brothers jokes too, because yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's like I called room service and send me up a room. I think yeah. that's a that's got. I think that's Groucho Marx. Yeah, it ha- I mean it's if if not, it's like it could be. Yeah, know, yeah, like in that school. Uh, but yeah, that's that's our countdown. That's our whatever our top eight, nine, whatever uh, uh, weirdest Dylan lyrics here. <laughs> <laughs> some great ones, some great ones, man. I fucking love this shit, dude. Yeah, it's like it's, I I I think I might I I, I feel like. Sort of what we were talking about at the beginning, just like how big his catalog is. Like you could really lose yourself in one section of it. Yeah, and like I like those. The new albums are great. The uh, even like the '80s ones, like especially like you hear some of the stripped down one, like bootleg series versions without the production. Time in New York. Yeah. Oh my god. That's yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I love it. Well, we got to start wrapping up the show. We got to get out of here. They got another show coming in. I can hear them out, uh, outside. Ryan Seawiz, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. Such a joy. Such a blast. You got to come back sometime. Oh, it would be my honor. What What should people do now? Can um, they come see a show? Can they follow you online? They can. They can come. They can follow me online um, at Ryan. I got to have a better handle because my name is so goddamn hard to spell. <laughs> but it's at Ryan Seawiz. Um, I guess I'll spell it. Nobody's gonna copy this down. But at on Instagram at Ryan C I E W I Z, and um, I host an open mic on Wednesdays at Alligator Lounge at Hell six yeah. p.m. Hell yeah! If you're ever looking to try some jokes, silly goof, silly goof, baby. Hell yeah! Me and Allie Lawrence. That's right. Well, thanks again for coming today, and thank you all for listening. Uh, Legendary Air will be up here momentarily. Uh, keep that dial tuned to Radio Free Brooklyn. This has been Clear the Dance Floor with me, your host, Colby Smith. Uh, we will be next, back next week, believe it or not. No weddings uh, uh, next week, but then one the following weekend. So uh, don't get too used to listening to us live because uh, <laughs> we're going to be doing some travel info. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks again, everybody. Here's Aretha. Aretha.